Blog Talk Radio. I know the Bible is right. It's the Bible has the answers with Pastor Aaron B. Williams coming to you live every Wednesday at 7 p.m. and Never Had It So Good Gospel 107. Pastor Williams believes if you have a question, the Bible has the answers. Join us Wednesday on the show or at I Am Jesus Holy Ghost Church in Columbia, South Carolina, where service times are Tuesday night prayer at 7 p.m., Sabbath Friday service at 7 p.m., and Saturday Sabbath day service at 12 noon. Our motto is, it pays to serve God. Hit us up at IamJesusHolyGhostChurch.org. That's Pastor Aaron B. Williams, live on Never Had It So Good Gospel 107. Come on and get the Word of God at its highest level. Well, the Bible is right. The Bible is right. I thank God the Bible is right. Amen. Glory to God. Uh, we're, we're down, beloved, we're down to Proverbs twenty three seventeen. Amen. Children of God, we're in Proverbs 27, 23. Did I say 27? I meant twenty three seventeen. And Proverbs twenty three seventeen in the King James Version says, let not thine heart envy sinners, but be thou in the fear of the Lord all the day long. Now, in the Positive Thinking Bible, it says, don't be jealous of sinners, but always honor the Lord. Um, The Tanakh, the Jewish Bible says, do not envy sinners in your heart but only God-fearing men at all times. Amen? The idea here, the Bible is giving us counsel, and it's saying, you know, there's a lot of people who they look at the prosperity of sinners, and they're really taken aback by that because they say, God, you know, these people, they don't go to church, they don't pay tithes, they don't do anything, and yet they got everything. And it seems like there's people in the body of Christ who's poor, they do everything possible, and yet and yet, even though they love you and they do everything possible, they're poor, 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 poor. That don't seem right to me. And in their heart, they may not say it with their mouth, but in their heart, they envy sinners. Amen? Now, I could spend a whole program and people that, that um, and I say this humbly, people that um, uh, uh, go to my congregation, they, they know that when I say I could prove that the opposite way, they know what I'm talking about. Amen. Because I try to um, explain to them how much more they have than any sinner, I don't care what they got. I don't care if the sinner's driving Mercedes Benz one day, Maybanks the next day, uh, 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 Mercedes the next day, Benzes, Rolls Royces, I don't care what they got. Plus, I can also show you another scripture, why the pro- why people in the world and sinners are given prosperity. There's a particular reason for it. And you wouldn't want to be on that side once you know the reason. Amen? 
But anyway, we're not talking. The reason I'm not I'm being kind of around the beating around the bush is not that I don't know, but it's because we're not talking about that tonight. And if I start talking about it, it'll get involved, and we won't get to the subject we're supposed to be talking about tonight. Amen. So, but uh, there are Christians who, in their hearts, they envy sinners. They say, wow, they got the 3,000-square-foot homes. They got the cars. They got this. They got that. It's just not right, God. It's just not right. Amen. And like I say, I could really put a dent in that. The people who listen to me in the uh, in the church, they, they understand what I'm saying. Okay. But anyway, uh, when we look at the Believer's Bible Commentary, on Proverbs twenty three seventeen, it says something very significant. And I think that, you know, a lot of times important things uh, tend to be, they don't tend to send people jumping and hollering and, 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 um, and uh, all excited. See, when you talk about prosperity and all that, people get real excited. Oh, they love that subject. Oh, that's just the subject. For them, Amen. Glory to God. But as quiet as this this teaching is going to be, I think this is one of the most. If if it's not the most important thing I've taught, it sure should be up there. It sure should be up there. Amen. Let's read the Believer's Bible Commentary. You'll see what I mean. It says. In regard to Proverbs, as it regards Proverbs 20 through 17, quote, there is something better than envying the prosperity of the wicked. What? There is? I mean, they got everything, don't they, Pastor? There is something better than envying the prosperity of the wicked. That is to live in constant fellowship with the Lord. Occupation with the with the wicked brings discouragement. Occupation with the Lord brings the light. So the lesson is to make communion with God the aim of our life. Wow! Did you did you see that? That, that was so quiet. I say I read that so quietly, but I consider this to be the most important thing I've ever taught or have ever brought to this station. It says, so the lesson is to make communion with God the aim of our life. The aim of our life. Now, just reading that, it doesn't sound so profound, okay? Pastor, that don't sound like the one of the most important things you ever uh, taught about or read about. That doesn't sound too much at all. I tell you it is. I tell you it is. It should, the aim of your life after you get saved, after you realize that, that, that you have an, a, the most important decision in the world to make, and that is, an eternity with God or an, or an eternity in the lake of fire. When you make the decision, no, I want to 
spend eternity with God. I give my heart and life to the Lord Jesus. Amen. After you make that decision, then a whole lot of people don't know what the aim of this born-again life is. What should it be? What should it be? Most, most people would say, oh, the most important thing is soul winning after that. Oh, the most important thing is to seek the will of God and find out what he wants for you, for you, for you, see, everything for you, 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 you. People love to know about what's for them. I'm not making fun. I'm just saying there's, there's very little teaching. There's very little teaching about the real aim of our life. I'll give you a quick example of how people miss it. You start witnessing to people and telling them about Jesus and how to get back to God. What do they talk about? Religion. Well, you Christians believe you're perfect, but you're all not perfect. Or I, I heard that before. Or my whole family was saved. My mother and father, both of them were ministers. They're, they're pastors. Or uh, I would come, but I ain't cleaned up yet. I got You hear a thousand different reasons, discussions, all kind of things. And it almost breaks your heart because you're talking about getting back to God. And they're talking about religion, what you got to do, what they have to give up, what they don't have to give up. What's the next steps? What should I do now? What should I, should I do this, that, the other thing? And we're sweet people, so we try to accommodate all of those questions. But they never really hear you. Many times I have to stop people because they'll, they'll be saying, well, I, I, don't, I don't know about that Christian religion. I said, Sir, excuse me, did I ever mention Christian religion? Did I ever mention coming to my church? Did I ever mention the hypocrite? You say there's hypocrites down there at that church. Did I ever mention people? You're trying to steer people to God, and they got a thousand other things that they bring up. It's like they didn't. They don't hear you. They don't hear you. They think you're trying to witness to them, so I guess they'll come to your church or give money to you or your cause or something. They just don't get it that you're saying to them, you've been separated from God, not realizing it. You've been separated from God. And Jesus is the door that makes it possible for you to reconnect with God, to have communion with God. They don't even, they don't even relate to that. That is, I don't even know if that's taught that way. So many times people will talk to you about a thousand other things except God. You have to constantly say, sir, 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 sir. That, that grudge you got because you went to church and you got turned off or mama wasn't right or the preacher wasn't right or you don't agree with John 3.16 or they'll be talking about a million different things. And you'll be trying to point them to God, 
to reconnect with God. You know, there was a book, and I'm I'm so thankful the Lord guided me to this book in my young Christian life. And the gentleman's name was Brother Lawrence. It was back in the what 1700s, I guess. And and um, same thing with Madame Gunyon. Um, and Brother Lawrence was a monk, and he was a kind of a tall in his in his own words. I guess he considered himself kind of doofus guy. He 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 realized, it, well, to his mind, he was not that smart. He was not the sharpest knife in the draw. That was his opinion of himself. And so he more or less thought he was good for nothing. God saved, was in a communion of monks, but he he he, he because he thought of himself as not so great and not so important. He just was so thankful to be able to talk with God, talk to God. Now, this wasn't a technique that he was using. He didn't even know in the beginning, he didn't even know what he was doing because he felt no one else wants to talk to me. I'm doofus. I mean, I'm now they, they had, one of the duties was when your turn came, you, a monk, you had, it was your turn. You had to go into town and negotiate with the local townspeople to purchase wine for the monastery. And this, this duty may come up maybe once every one, two years. But when the time process of time came and it was time for him to go, I mean, he was on his knees talking to God. God, you know, I'm not smart. I'm I'm ignorant. I don't know how to negotiate. I don't know anything about wine. I don't know, and I sure don't know how to negotiate a year's worth of barrels of wine for the monastery. I'll mess it up. I'm stupid. I'm I'm. And he would constantly talk to God. Without realizing it, he was in deep communication with God and this man had such a powerful presence of God around him because constantly he was talking to God you know that you know I've heard people say I've been in testimony services where someone will stand up and say um um uh, I, I give praises to God. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. They'll be quoting in the Psalms that God's praises should continually be in their mouth. And then they start complaining. The saints don't do that. If only people would do that, they'd be, and they start complaining. And I'd be thinking, wait a minute, you just said constant communion with God, but now you're criticizing the saints. So I wouldn't say, I just listen. I'm up against a commercial, and I haven't even started. Hold on. I'll be right back. Hold on. Hold on. Do you need tile installed in your home or business? Then John Robinson Tile LLC is the company for you. We have over 60 years of experience installing tile. We do bathrooms, kitchens, and so much more. Give us a call at 803-529-0092. Check out our website, at www.johnrobinsontile2.com. Visit us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, too. 
Just search J. Rob Tile or John Robinson Tile. We're licensed and insured and Schluter certified. If you need tile installed, we are your company. We believe in laying hands on everything that we do. That's John Robinson Tile Installation Service for new and old homes. Renovation of kitchens and bathrooms installs all types. That's John Robinson Tile, the number two, dot com. Beloved, we were talking about Proverbs 23:17. You are the beloved of the Lord. When I say beloved, I mean you are the beloved of the Lord. God loves you with a never-ending love. Don't ever forget that. And I was talking about uh, the Believer's Bible Commentary says that the real aim, our real aim should be constant communion with God, that that should be the aim of our life. Oh, I so concur with that, and that's in Scripture. I will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on me. How could your mind be stayed on him if you weren't in constant communion with him? But there's so many other things that come that take our mind away, that to distract us. There's so many responsibilities, so many Request so much responsibility that's on us that we have to take our minds away from God. But but the real aim of our life should be communion with God. Reconnect with God. Reconnect with God. And this brother Lawrence, he had such a powerful presence of God around him. When he went into town, not only did he negotiate the right amounts for a year's worth of wine for the monastery, he, he, it turned out he, uh, because God was with him constantly, you could, when this man walked into the room, you could feel God's presence because God's presence was with him because he was with God. Constantly he was talking with God. How did he do that? Some, some, magical or some supernatural great thing? No, no. He simply practiced, and there's a lot of books out in Christian, um, if you go to Christian bookstores, it talks about practicing the presence of God. Now, why would you have to practice that? Because there's so many things to take your mind away from God. And now with mass media, my goodness, people, they spend six to eight hours their mind is with the mass media. Their mind isn't fellowshipping with God or having their mind on God. But I'm telling you, even as this says, so the lesson is, the lesson, the great lesson of this life is to make communion with God the aim of your life. You see, you see, beloved, people get all obfuscated and confused and all kinds of things. I got to keep all these rules and regulations. I got to pay tithes. I got to go to church. I got to do this. Now, I'm not saying those things are not good and proper in their place. That's fine. That's fine. All of that's real nice. But the real essence of all of this, listen, 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 listen. Say you had a Rolls Royce, a Mercedes, a Maybank and all them other cars in your eight-car garage. Say you had a, a, a $100 million 
bank account. You had that in cash. That doesn't include all your billions in stocks and real estates and diamonds and all that. I would tell you, I would tell you that is not your most important asset. Your most important asset. Now, understand me because I, I teach finance. I don't have no problem with, with people who love God having finance, having prosperity. I have no problem with that. No problem with that at all. In fact, the, the enemy teaches you to be poor. If you want to be real spiritual, be poor. Just be on your knees all the time, fasting and praying. Don't do nothing else. That's a lie of the devil. Amen. Well, Pastor, how can you say that? Beloved, I'm, I'm quoting what the Bible says. Beloved, I wish above all things. What is that? 3 John 2. Isn't that 3 John 2? John, 3 John 2. Beloved, I wish above all things, all things, all things, that thou mayest prosper. Oh, no, God's not. God don't want us to have nothing. But he wants us poor. That's a lie. He wants you. He wants you wealthy. How can you? Uh, how can you support kingdom business, kingdom radio stations, TV stations, ministries, eat, uh, 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 evangelist trips around the world? How can all those things be done? Raise up churches, feed the poor. How can you do all those things if you don't have but thirty nine ninety five total? That's your net worth in this life. You can't help nobody. In fact, you need help. Amen? So I am not against prosperity. Don't call me up and say, you do, you just you just talking about spiritually. Yay, you don't care about if I'm starving or dead. I didn't say that. I said, though, that's icing on the cake. If you got all of them cars and all of that stuff, that's icing on the cake. That's not the cake. That's just stuff that God gave you because you pleased him so much he decided to give you a Rolls Royce for your birthday. And don't think he can't do it because he can. But while that's icing on the cake, God, God is the cake. God is your greatest asset. He's your greatest possession. He's more precious than that. Now look, I'm the, I ain't no hype person, and I ain't no cheerleader. I don't do that. I'm talking for real. God is the greatest thing you got. Now, if you got the other stuff, that's fine. But your greatest possession, and if you didn't have nothing else, Can you imagine having continual fellowship with God? Y'all talking, Father, so on, so on, so on, so on, so on. Yeah, well, so on, so on, so on, so on, so on, so Well, Father, I shall so, 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 well, I got the power to give you power to, to, to be able to do that. Oh, Father, you can, I can do it. Yeah, you can do it. Here's, I give you grace, watch. I'm going to touch you with my hand. You're going to be able to do that better than anyone who ever lived. Bam. 
wow, look, I can do it. I can do it. Of course, son, I told you. Of course, daughter, I told you. I have the power. I'm the giver of all gifts. Well, father, should I so-and-so? Yeah, son, such-such-such. Yeah, daughter, such-such-such-such. Your greatest aim should be to to get back with God. God is your greatest aim. He's your greatest asset. There is, don't you understand? You remember Acts 2.38. It talks about giving you the gift of the Holy Ghost. He is so expensive that God couldn't come up with a number for him. So in order for us to get him, God said, I'm just going to have to just make him a gift because they ain't got enough money. They ain't got enough cars. They ain't got enough houses that could buy the Holy Ghost, that they would have enough to where I would say, okay, you got enough stuff. You deserve for me to give you the Holy Ghost. No, there ain't enough stuff in existence, in this whole existence, and all these planets. There's no amount of money that could come up to to buy the Holy Ghost. That's absolutely out the question. He's so extravagant that God had to say, "Okay, I just I, I give him this. I'll just give him. How about that? Because they sure can't earn it. He's so far and away expensive, so precious, so precious. That's your greatest asset." That's your greatest gift. God should be the center, the aim of your life. That should be the aim of your life. You want to know what the aim of your life should be? God. God himself. Look at Psalm 145. We're we're almost out of time already. And I'm just getting cranked up. Look at 145. Listen. You got to get this thing in right order. You got to get this in right order. I'll give you, look, I got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, six. I got 17 scriptures, but I might only get to one or two because I only got about three minutes. The aim of your life. See, people talk all around God. Well, this teaching says that I'm supposed to do so-and-so and so. And, oh, this teaching says I'm supposed to forgive. Oh, and this teaching says I'm supposed to have mercy on the poor. Oh, and, you know, we're supposed to uh, 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 separate ourselves, the sanctification. All them things is nice, but that ain't the aim. That ain't the goal. The goal is God. God. When you get down on your knees and start praying, do you pray sanctification? Do you pray, uh, I got the uh, Father, I I heard this teaching about uh, forgiveness. I want to go over it with you. Who are you talking to? Your Heavenly Father. Your goal is Him, H-I-M. I got a hymn book, and I make them think it's, I'm talking about hymns, songs. I say, this is my hymn book. But instead of H-Y-M, I put H-I-M, my hymn book. It's about him. Look at Psalm 145.20. Now, like I say, I got a ton of scripture, but we're just going to look at one or two. 145.20 says, Psalm 145.20, the Lord 
Who 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 do this? The Lord. The Lord preserveth all them that know Christianity real good. They do everything that the Bible say perfect. They 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 dot every dot, cross every T. Man, they know they know scriptures, they know doctrine, they get they just got man their lifestyle is perfect. No, no, it don't say that. The Lord preserveth all them that love him, that love him. If that ain't the aim of your life, if you love someone, have you ever been in love? If you've ever been in real love, you know you can't get your mind off of nothing uh, but the person, your beloved, the person that you love. You got your mind on them. Amen? You got your mind on them. Why? Because you love them. It ain't because they're perfect or you're perfect. But you love them. Look at Psalm ninety-one, fourteen. That verse there said, "God preserves you. He preserves you. He's the one that preserves you. He's the one that does that." Look at, look at, look at this. Look at this. We could just—I got so many more scriptures. We could just read Psalm ninety-one. What does the psalmist say in verse 2? I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. My God, in him will I trust. He didn't say, I got Christian doctrine down perfect. This man is communion with God. Your aim should be God. Surely he or God shall deliver me from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. He shall cover me with his feathers, and under his wings shall thou trust. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrow by day. Why? Because you're, you're, you're fellowshipping with God. You're talking to God. You're communion, communing with God. And he can be around you because your mind is on him, and his mind is on you. Amen? The aim should be, this says, so the lesson is, because I'm out of time, I got to sum it up. So the lesson is to make communion with God the aim of our life. The aim of your life should be God. You, you go to church and do all that stuff. They're wonderful. But the aim should be God. Talk to your heavenly father. I'm overtime. Princess Cooper going to get me for being overtime. But God bless you. Bible has the answers. See you next week. I love you. Put your mind on God. Bless you. Bye-bye. I know the Bible is right. It's The Bible Has the Answers with Pastor Aaron B. Williams coming to you live every Wednesday at 7 p.m. and Never Had It So Good Gospel 107. Pastor Williams believes if you have a question, the Bible has the answers. Join us Wednesday on the show or at I Am Jesus Holy Ghost Church in Columbia, South Carolina, where service times are Tuesday night prayer at 7 p.m., Sabbath Friday service at 7 p.m., and Saturday Sabbath day service at 12 noon. Our motto is, it pays to serve God. Hit us up 
at IamJesusHolyGhostChurch.org. That's Pastor Aaron B. Williams, live on Never Had It So Good Gospel 107. Come on and get the Word of God at its highest level.